Attention parents and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. Are you ready to listen to my dad Joe and Uncle Justin talk about sports? The Joe Mays and J-Raph Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to The Joe Mays and J-Raph Show. Boring! A <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time? With a focus on football. Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20, Mahomes takes the snap. He's just going to throw it long for Demarcus Robinson. It is going to use up all the time. The game is over, and the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Now, here are your hosts. Joe Mays, and Justin Rathoff. Welcome back, everyone, to the Joe Mays and JRF show, brought to you by Small Player Big Play and Mays Sandwich Shop. I am here to discuss professional football, the NFL, on episode 310 as we continue our 2020 NFL preview by looking at the NFC North and I will be discussing the Packers, Lions, Bears, and Vikings with my co-host Justin Raffoff. Justin, how are you doing tonight? I'm I'm doing really well. Uh, you know, calling in a little more remote this week, but uh still still having a good time and honestly Still calling in, so. <laughs> and that's all that matters. You're here, and we get to talk football. Right. So, what more could you ask for? Exactly, exactly. So, I know this one. You know, I kind of teased it last week, but the NFC North is a division that both of us see very differently, uh, based on the game by game predictions that you created and that we both filled out. And I know we haven't been using them, you know, as. Uh, it's not like they're engraved in stone or anything like that, but they're kind of guiding our discussion a little bit. So it could be interesting to see how things go this evening. And I also already received two predictions from my uncle and my father. 
And um, I know at least one of them will be a bit of a surprise. So, uh, but we're on the NFC tonight, Justin. So that you know what that means. You're on the hot seat. Who is your fourth place team in the NFC North for 2020? Okay. So for my fourth place team, um, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. Uh, um, this, this one's tough for me because I, there's parts of the Lions that I, that I like, and I think uh, they're going to be, um, well, actually, let me cut. To, I'll just cut to, to the chase there. I think Matthew Stafford is a really good quarterback. I think um, I think they're struggling to put things around him in Detroit, um, and I just don't see it all coming together. I think I think they're going to struggle um, in the game by game predictions. I had them pretty low. Um, really low actually i think they're going to be a little better than that but um to be honest i just i feel like there's a number of teams in this division that are strong or could be strong and i i mean that in terms of the division not necessarily you know in across the whole nfl but i think there's some some solid teams here um and it's tough for me because when you look at you know we we came to this point last week when we talked about how do you decide between different teams, you know, and their quarter, we can oftentimes go to the quarterbacks. Well, if you go by quarterbacks, I think you could make a strong argument that Matthew Stafford is the second best. Well, I, I don't honestly view it as much of an argument. I think Matthew Stafford is the second best quarterback in the division. Um, but I, I just think the team is, is going to be, uh, I think they're going to struggle a little bit. Um, you know, I feel like it was a good deal for the Eagles to get Darius Slay, um, and especially for what they paid for him. You know, in, in, in the trade, I think it was a good deal. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I think Detroit's going to be in fourth place there, and I'm going to put them at. I'll put them at four wins. I think they might creep up to like five, but since my game by game predictions had them significantly lower than that, I'm going to, I'm not going to, you know, completely change that. So I'm going to go with four. I'm going to put them at four wins. Wouldn't surprise me if they're in there in that five or even six range. But I think Detroit is a place that could be looking um, for some coaching changes moving forward. So you think Matt Patricia's days are numbered? I do. I do. I just, and it's weird. I, I feel like, Matt Patricia, and maybe wrongfully so, but I feel like Matt Patricia is going to be in another one of those categories of a guy that came from under Belichick that is a great coordinator, but just doesn't have all of the things in place to be that head coach. Does that make sense? Um, or at least yet, I should say. Maybe he has put it together. Maybe he has turned a corner in Detroit. And maybe he will get things together. And I know you and I preach stability, especially from the coaching standpoint, a lot. So it may be unfair that at the same time I'm saying, well, it, it would appear that I'm saying, oh, I don't think he's going to get it done. But uh, this is more of a prediction than a what do I think should happen. 
we, we talk all the time that we think coaches should get time. That doesn't mean we think they will get time. Does that make sense? So I, while I don't necessarily think that Matt Patricia needs to be shown the door, I think if the Lions finish in fourth place in the division this year, I think it will be shown the door. No, I can't say I disagree with you on that part. And I wasn't a huge fan of Matt Patricia, the coach in New England. I can't say I have strong feelings for or against him now in Detroit. I do feel that Detroit underachieved last year as a result of Matthew Stafford's injury. And how much can you depend on him coming back and being strong or being able to play the entire season? They've made a lot of changes on the coaching staff. They've also made a lot of changes with personnel. You've obviously already mentioned the big one because of Darius Slay coming to your Eagles. But what else have they done? Have they done enough to improve from 3-12-1? And And perhaps maybe after I kind of agreed with you there, maybe be a bit surprising that I do think that they're better than their record last year of 3-12-1, especially at the beginning of the year when Stafford was healthy. They were in a lot of games, and I think they were a little bit of a a toss-up so that I think that they're much better than a three-win team. I don't think they're... um, one, I don't think they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, I just, I don't know that they have enough to break through in a division that honestly, to me, and this maybe is a shock to some, to me, the NFC North, I don't think is that overpowering or overwhelming. I honestly think any of the four teams could possibly win the division this year because I don't think any of them are immeasurably better than any of the others. The Lions, however, I think have maybe the most question marks and the fewest number of people that have proven it of late. So I do think they're going to unfortunately finish in fourth. So I agree with you, Justin. I do have the Lions in last, but I think their their last place is only going to be a game or two away from first place. I see a lot of parity in the NFC North this season. I'm going to slot the Lions at 6-10. and 10. Is that enough for Patricia to save his job? I, I don't know. I cannot answer that question. I guess it depends on, you know, how the team comes together and plays, how some of the young guys play. Um, you know, they were 3-3-1 three, three and one at one point. At the end of October, they were right in the thick of things. Um, you know, the Packers ended up being 13-3, so it's tough for, to say that the Lions could have gone toe-to-toe with them, but then they finished with a nine-game losing streak, which is uh, pretty tough to swallow. But again, losing Matthew Stafford was a big big part of that. Now, in terms of additions and why do I think that the Lions are going to be at least three wins better this season, that relies a lot on Stafford staying healthy and being present to lead the offense. But I think they've got a nice running back unit. Um, you know, it'll be headlined probably by Karen Johnson, but they did draft DeAndre Swift and I he was one of my favorite running backs coming out of the draft and I expect him to have a pretty good year. Yeah. They also have Bo Scarborough there and a few other guys as well. Wide receivers, again, you know, they never really could re- recover from um, Megatron retiring, but Kenny Galladay's really come into his own recently. They still have Marvin Jones. They re-signed Danny Amendola. They brought in Geronimo Allison, uh, and they drafted uh, Quintus Cephas. So I think, um, or, or no, they, sorry, they didn't draft him. They signed him as a, as a free agent. But still, they brought him in, and while he wasn't a drafted player, he's a guy that is can be a matchup nightmare. So uh, if they can get his him some snaps at wide receiver besides the uh, return duties, 
uh, they could have something there. You know, they drafted a couple years ago TJ Hawkinson. They have Jesse James. So they have guys to go on offense if Stafford is healthy. Their offensive line seems to always be in flux, but I've been a big Taylor Decker fan, and I just think they need a little bit more consistency there, Um, and we'll see what happens uh, along the offensive line. I was a pretty big fan of their draft because they, you know, they took the cornerback Akuda early at third overall. They drafted Swift in the second round. And then I was a big fan of Julian Aquara too, the defensive end uh, rush guy from Notre Dame. Uh, and then they went back-to-back guards with Jonah Jackson and Le- Logan Stenberg. And no, I'm sorry, they did draft Quintus Cephas. I missed his name when I went over from w- the receiver from Wisconsin. Uh, and he was a fifth-round pick. So... Now you're talking about defense. What can the Lions do defensively when you have teams like the Vikings and Packers that like to score a lot of points? Trading away your number one quarterback and cornerback and one of the better cornerbacks in the league probably doesn't install a lot of hope. Uh, but Patricia was a defensive guy, so you got to hope that maybe bringing uh, some of uh, his former Patriots will help that. You know, they brought Trey Flowers in last year. This year they brought in Danny Shelton and Deron Harmon. Um, non-Patriots guys like Desmond Trufant uh, came over from Atlanta. So are they going to be miles better than what they got rid of? That's tough to say. Uh, they also brought in Jamie Collins and Reggie Ragland to um, overhaul the uh, linebacker position. Obviously, Patricia familiar with Collins from his time in New England. Jamie was there a couple times. Uh, Reggie Ragland just won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. So I'm not down on Detroit, but I still think that they're probably the weakest part of the NFC North. But again, that being said, I think any of those four teams can win that division this year. I really do. Yeah, and I I think well, I'm down on the Lions, and I, I it would be a stretch to say I think they could win the division. Um, it it is one one of those things where I. I do agree with some of the things you're saying. If, if Stafford stays healthy, it could be tough for them to be as bad as I have them being. But I, I just do feel like when I look around, I, I don't know how I rank them above any of the other teams in the division. Does that make sense? So, like, I, I based on the things we've seen, I think you said it as like, you know, in terms of question marks and, and players that have proven it already. And and that was kind of the point that kind of sealed it for me that they're in fourth place. No, I, I, I completely get it, but I, there's just something yeah. about me that I, I wanted to be a big buyer in Detroit. And I can't com- fully talk myself into it. I think they're right around the six, <laughs> six win mark, um, which is honestly – only a little bit worse than I think my third place team. And this one could be a bit of a surprise, maybe uh, to you at least, but it's not a surprise to my dad and my uncle. We'll get to their picks a little bit later, but my third place team is actually going to be green Bay. And I know that's a, okay. that's a, maybe a big shock, especially to Cheeseheads and anyone living in Wisconsin, but I don't buy the 13 and three last year at all. I think that they may be the worst 13 and three team in the history of the NFL. And I only yeah, say that they quickly showed that in the playoffs. So. <laughs> well, that's only a little tongue in cheek there, and, and speaking hyperbolic because obviously I don't have a list of all the teams that have gone thirteen and three and how good I think they all are. But I do not think they were anywhere close to as good as that their record was last year. You know, my uncle mentions in his uh, 
his text to me about how lucky the Packers and Aaron Rodgers have been at times over the years. And I can't say that I necessarily disagree with him. I just don't think their 13 and three is a true metric of how they were last year. Um, I, I know, and it's tough for me to really formulate exactly why I believe that. I guess I just think that Aaron, maybe I'm starting to think of Aaron Rodgers like Drew Brees. He's going to take a step back. It's going to affect the team. You know, that hasn't worked right. for me very well with regards to New Orleans. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe I'll get bitten again now by the Packers. But I I, I don't know. I just I, I feel like they've lost enough people. Um, recently, you know, I mentioned, uh, Geronimo Allison, who wasn't a huge impact guy, but he's another, uh, familiar name gone, uh, Bulaga, the tackle, no longer there. Um, I just, I'm not a fan of, uh, of Green Bay, Jimmy Graham gone to the, to the bears. And I know he's been nothing like he was in new Orleans, but it just, and, oh, and you know their draft. We talked about it a little bit, but like they instead well, of adding yeah. a weapon for Aaron Rodgers, they selected his, uh, I guess, eventual replacement. You would think in Jordan Love from Utah State in the first yeah. round. Uh, whew, I just, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I I don't say I don't want to say that I disagree with what they're doing because I I understand wanting to have the future. And if they think love was going to be that guy in a few years, that's great, but it's tough to sell to a veteran guy, especially someone like Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's just the Brett Favre thing all over again. And I know some people think this is actually worse this time around, but something just tells me that if things aren't going to go great in green Bay this year and you know, Aaron Jones is on the final year of his contract. What are they going to do with him? Um, they drafted AJ Dillon. Maybe they're thinking they're just going to keep this turnstile of uh, running backs every year. They have every other year they have someone new, um, and they're not devoid of talent. Obviously, Devonte Adams, absolute monster. When he's going with Aaron Rodgers, they're uh, an incredible uh, connection. Um, but yeah, I don't. Th- their defense has always been unspectacular, and we saw them get ap- absolutely eviscerated in the playoffs. It's not the first time that happens. They've been having uh, defensive problems for years. It's probably one of the primary reasons that they don't have another Super Bowl during the Aaron Rodgers era. And I don't know that. Um, I think they could be exposed this year in inconsistent offense and a mediocre defense. Uh, in a division that honestly overall is pretty mediocre to me, but I don't know that they are going to stack up with uh, the other teams. And again, I mentioned this at the beginning. I have all these teams within like two or three wins of each other, so it's not like I think the other two teams left, the Bears and Vikings, are leaps and bounds better. I just think when all is said and done, the Packers are going to finish like 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, and I, I, I could see that. I, I, do, I agree that they're probably going to fall off of their – Three. Um, just for one of those losses last year, Thursday night, I believe, Thursday night home game to the Eagles. You know, like Eagles go on a short week to Lambeau and win. Um, and I obviously, I love that. But, um, yeah, like the Packers did last year, and I, I can't say that they improved for this year. However, for my third place team, I am going to go with the Chicago Bears. I think last year was a um, – I, I don't even know what to call it, but I, I think they underachieved last year. I think most people um, – however, 
I, I, I think that Nick Foles end up being there. Um, and that's an interesting for me, thing for me to say because uh, I love how I'm telling you why it's interesting that I say that. But, like, I, I fully support that the Eagles, it was time to move on from Nick Foles um, and go with Nick Foles. I don't think he got a fair shot in Jacksonville. I don't know that it would have worked out anyway, um, but I think Jacksonville is not is worse off now at the quarterback position than they were going into last year. I think the Bears are better at the quarterback position now than they were going into last year. Um, I think the Bears are going to end up have like seven or eight wins in that range, it wouldn't surprise me to see them get up to that nine range, um, which, you know, depending on how grouped together the division is, that could be battling for the division. Um, I just think that Nick Foles in, in that essentially in that Andy Reid style of offense with Matt Nagy coming from the Andy Reid system, just like he was in the Peterson one. I, I think that's going to be leaps and bounds better for like, I think Nick Foles is going to perform much better in that role than Mitchell Trubisky has so far. Again, I don't know what the deal is with Mitchell Trubisky, but I feel like Matt Nagy is going to be coaching for his job. And while there may be criticism if he can't get it done with Trubisky, who they traded up for, um, and they picked ahead of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, um, there could be some criticism there for that, and I understand that. But if you are winning games with Nick Foles, then at least you're winning games. Because if you're losing games with Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles, you're gone. You know what I mean? Like, I think Nagy has to, like, I think, I think seven, even eight or eight or nine wins. I think he's still there. Seven wins. I think he's probably still there. Um, but I think that seat's getting pretty warm at that point. Um, and I think if he's going on, I need to win right now in order to keep things going in the right direction. I think he's going to end up with Nick Foles being the quarterback for the majority of the year there. That's that's my opinion. Um, so I'm I'm going to go with the Bears at, I'll, I'll say, seven wins. I think they're going to be right in that 500 area. Um, but, yeah, that, that's my third place team. Well, I can't say I disagree with anything you said. And honestly, I have them exactly where you have them at eight and eight. I just have them winning the tiebreaker with the Packers. So they technically finished <laughs> in enough, second. But they were eight and eight <laughs> last year, and I have them going eight and eight again this year. I think, you know, unless something something that you can't even imagine happens, like something unrelated to football or you know, something weird, I, I think eight and eight gets right. Nagy to to probably stay there unless there's some acrimony or like bad coaching decisions that, you know, they could have been one, two other games, but his clock management or something, um, you know, screw them over. I think Nagy makes it another season. I think eight and eight in 2020, eight and eight in 2019, 
Um, I, I guess that that's maybe not comforting for Bears fans to say they're going to be, you know, an average team middle of the road. Because if you went eight and eight last year with Trubisky, and you go eight and eight this year with Trubisky and Foles, are either of them the answer long term? And then you got to decide: are you going to are you going to move on and change? Uh, coaching staffs and get a new quarterback at the same time, or you're going to hang on to the coaching staff, hoping that bringing in another new quarterback, like uh, it's a weird spot to be. And it's a place that uh, too many teams find themselves year over year. But I think the bears are going to be right there um, at eight and eight, same as last year. And I'm sure no one wants to hear that in the windy city, but I'm sorry. That's, that's how I feel. I can't say, um, I feel like they lost a lot in free agency. I can't say I think they added a lot in free agency. Same thing with the draft. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are fans of Cole Komet for the tight end from Notre Dame, um, but it wasn't an overwhelming draft to me. I think it was um, middle of the pack. Uh, unless they can get something really rolling and have like a shut them down defense, uh, which many people thought was going to happen last year uh, with Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith. Well, Roquan Smith has not had a great first few years in the league uh, for a variety of reasons. And I know they added Danny Trevathan in free agency. Uh, Maybe his addition to the linebacker core will change things, but I don't know. Um, You know, I'm talking really negatively about my second place team here, but it's just because I don't, I don't think the NFC North is that strong. Um, But, yeah, so so far Lions in third at six or excuse me, fourth at six and ten. Packers and Bears tied at eight and eight with the Packers in third and Bears in second for me. So then I guess uh I'll round out my number one. Or did you did you do your two? I didn't do my two okay. yet. All right, you so give us your two then. My- Okay, so my two is going to be the Packers, um, and I think the Packers are off of that thirteen and three mark. I, I agree with all the things you kind of said about um, about them at that thirteen and three mark, and why they're not as good as that. And man, when you look at some of the breakdowns of the lack of weapons that they have provided for Aaron Rodgers through the draft over the years, it's kind of amazing. Um, like because you hear that, but that that term, like that phrase, gets thrown around all the time. Like, oh, they don't provide weapons, or look at the weapons around them. You know, like that used to be thrown around with um, Manning and and Brady all the time. That argument would get thrown around. You know, well, Manning has these great wide receivers, and Brady does it with no one, and all that stuff. And you know, not to get into that right now, but I like. It is amazing when you look at the who they have put around him, and and honestly, when those guys have left, what they've done or not done when they leave is, is kind of interesting as well. Um, I I just I don't think they're as good as last year. I think they fall off significantly from that. Um, but I just still. It's not that I'm a huge, oh, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, great. Aaron Rodgers, all this stuff. I just, I think he's, for lack of a better way to describe it, I feel like he's too stubborn to not win like nine games. So I'm going to put them in nine games because I think Aaron Rodgers is good enough and I think the team will be good enough to get the nine wins. 
another part of that is they don't necessarily see a ton of strength throughout the division. So I, I think nine is, is reasonable for them. Um, it will be interesting to watch how the Aaron Rodgers and uh, Jordan Love thing plays out, especially if Aaron Rodgers, you know, continues to have some of these uh, injuries and, and nicks and things as he goes through uh, the season, as he's had some of those, you know, he's always been stubborn about wanting to play anyway. It would be, I don't feel like that's, if that's been the case when there was no real threat behind him, I certainly can't imagine it's not going to be the case when there is, you know, the guy who they believe is going to be the next quarterback behind him. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out there because there's lots of talk about how, you know, they weren't necessarily on the same page, uh, him and the coaching staff last year. Um, which is interesting because he wasn't on the same page as McCarthy before that. Um, yeah. It, Aaron Rodgers is a different dude. <laughs> uh, so yes, he is. But, for, but that being said, he's, you know, I, I think he's the best quarterback in the division. Um, I don't disagree with you. But I don't think they're the best team, honestly, in terms of talent. I don't know that they're any better than the two teams. I've, I shouldn't say that. I, I don't think there's anything that really sets them apart dramatically from the other teams in the division kind of across the board. So I think the quarterback is, is the top quarterback in the division. But I don't really see anyone really anywhere else that I'm like, oh, that's, you know, this position group or this is, you know, sets them apart. I, I don't really see that. Um, and that's part of why I have them falling off. I'm, I'm going to put them at nine wins. And I think that, um, you know, it, they'll be there kind of, I think they'll be in a spot where they, they could challenge for the division. I think, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they make the playoffs. Um, but again, I, I, significantly falling off of where they were last year. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously then both of us do think that the Vikings will come out on top in the NFC North year this year. The only question is how many wins they were 10 and six last year. I'm actually going to peg them at nine and seven. I think they are barely the best team in the NFC North. But again, I do think any of the four teams can win. I'd favor the Vikings, Bears, and Packers more so than the Lions. But at this moment, I give an edge to the Vikings, although I don't think they're an overwhelming um, favorite to do much in the NFC. They certainly have um, a solid roster. You know, you don't win 10 games without having some good pieces. They made some significant changes in the offseason, uh, most notably trading Stephon Diggs to the Bills, who they immediately replaced with LSU receiver Justin Jefferson in the draft. They also jettisoned a whole bunch of defensive backs that they have been drafting early over the last few years, only to draft defensive backs early again in the draft. They traded or they traded back up with the 49ers to get Jeff Gladney from TCU. They also picked one of my favorite defensive backs in Cameron Dantzler from Mississippi State in the third round. So I thought they had a pretty strong, at least top half of the draft. And, uh, you know, they added a Penn Stater and UDF as a UDFA and Dan Chisena. And we know he's got track speed. So hopefully he can help, uh, he can break the roster and maybe, uh, 
you know, make them forget about Stefan Diggs. That would be the Penn State fan in me uh, hoping that that happens. But they did add t- well, that, Tajay. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> they did add Tajay Sharp from the Titans in um, free agency at wide receiver. Um, but again, that that was pretty much it. No, no significant big moves for them. Uh, so I think they're pretty close to where they were last year. And I guess the only reason I think they're actually going to get worse, but still win the division and, and something they didn't do last year is, you know, now we don't know what's going to happen with Dalvin cook. Is he going to hold out? Is this going to be a, you know, we've seen running backs do this now the last two, two years, a significant running back has, missed all or much of the season over contract dispute is Dalvin cook. The next one to do that. If he does that, I think that severely harms their chances to um, have a winning record in 2020, uh, you know, cause their next option is probably Amir Abdullah and he wasn't able to do much in Detroit o- over the years. Uh, they also, you know, as much as I, I like um, Adam Thielen uh, and the addition of Tajay Sharp losing, um, uh, Stefan Diggs is going to take a hit unless Justin Jefferson has an incredible uh, rookie season. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, I feel like it should have always be better than he ends up being. Uh, and uh, defensively, with the overhaul in the defensive backfield, uh, it could be it could be rough unless uh, Harrison Smith can hold that group together while the uh, the young guys uh, adapt. So, I, I yeah, I don't know NFC North again. I just I'm not real confident in the quality of teams that are there this season. Uh, but I think the Vikings uh, barely make it uh, over the hump and capture the division title. But I think they're nine and seven and the worst of the division winners uh, in my group so far. Yeah. So the Stefan Diggs leaving, that's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, I know he did not, Obviously, eye to eye with how he was used in the offense, even though his numbers don't necessarily reflect that. Like I, you know, I feel like he uh, and Thielen are a really dynamic duo. Um, it is interesting though, because if you think about it, like how long, like um, wide receiver tandems last in the NFL usually isn't really long periods. Usually, one of them is going to move on. Um, which makes sense when you think about contracts and when you have to get people signed and all that stuff. Like I understand that, but um, it is interesting to me just how that plays out or, you know, um, how that is going to play out with them trying to replace, you know, one of the very talented guys. So, um, you know, when you go from the quarterback standpoint, like Kirk Cousin is, quite this odd scenario. Um, you know, I feel like the people who always claim that he's overrated are like maybe a little too over the top in those arguments. I feel like people who talk about how he's undervalued are maybe a little too over the top on those sentiments. I, I feel like he's a decent quarterback. You know what I mean? Like I think, um, it's really hard to peg him, but honestly, I think he's the third best quarterback in the division. And yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I'd have to put him, I, I'd put him in third right now um, based on 
the collection of things that have that you've seen, um, which is tough for me to do because I, I want to put folds ahead of him. But in reality, like I, I've talked about this with you and on the show multiple times, like Foles has played himself out of the starting role in a number of places. And not all of those are necessarily his fault, like solely. You know, sometimes the scenario is set up where no one was going to be successful. Um, you know, you just look at what the Rams have done since they got rid of Jeff Fisher. Um, but at the same time, I... I just feel like I think they they've got a lot of talent. Um, I'm gonna put them at 11 wins. Um, I wanted to put them at 10, but I, I I do think they're the best team in the division. I think they're going to win the division by a couple games. Um, like you said, I'm not really sure how they're going to stack up across the NFC, um, but I just think in a mediocre division with um, the Bears kind of, you know, hanging in there, but the Lions struggling and the Packers taking a step back. I think, I think the like it's the Vikings division to lose. To, and I, but I could see them not necessarily advancing real far in the playoffs, and that will lead to more of the hot takes on Kirk Cousins. So, um, could be interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. There you have it. That's what we think is going to happen in the NFC North. Not a lot of praise, a lot of questions, and um, a whole lot of meh, basically. So NFC North, yeah. not maybe not primed to uh, have a huge year. I don't know if you can even consider it much of a transition year because uh, the coaching staffs are all the same. Could see changes in Detroit and Chicago if things go badly. And you got a couple of... Uh, of quarterbacks that you don't know when their last games are going to be for those teams in Rodgers and Stafford. Uh, I mean, you could say the same thing, I'm sure, for uh, the guys in uh, Chicago too. But, yeah, just really underwhelming. Uh, and like my dad had said in to me, he's like, I, he agrees with us, very mediocre division. He doesn't see a lot from them. Uh, but speaking of him, I do want to mention uh, his and my uncle's predictions for the, for the division because there's a – some similar, but some very different. So my dad said he has Chicago in last place. He agrees with me and has Green Bay in third. He has Detroit in second, but does have Minnesota in first place like us. So uh, Chicago last and uh, Detroit in second. Uh, maybe a little bit of a bigger believer in the Lions. And that's the same for my uncle as well. He messaged us to say last place Chicago, good defense, but they, he does not think they have a quarterback. Third place also Green Bay. He he says See, that's not- interesting because that's interesting because I feel like he would know firsthand um, how how good that new quarterback in Chicago can be. <laughs> so. No comment. Um, he, he says about the Packers, nothing to help Rodgers in the draft. Plus, he is the luckiest quarterback in football with his hail marys. Luck runs out. Uh, second place, he has the Vikings because of Dalvin Cook and possibly holding out over a contract. And then in first place, the Detroit Lions. Wow. So he wow. says, he has some reasoning here. He says, Stafford was on his way to leading the NFL in passing last year before he got hurt, and he doesn't think he'll have any injuries this year. I'm sure that's just the reason that to um, put them in first, as he thinks Stafford will make it through the whole year healthy. But he says, plus it's time for Patricia to prove he was worth hiring. Maybe it has a little to do that he was a Patriots assistant coach. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm sure a lot of people would think that's surprising, but how many times have we seen a team only win, you know, four to six games a year and then a year later add six more to that win total? I mean, didn't the 49ers just do it last year? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, and that's why I said I really think any of the four teams in the NFC North have the potential to win uh, the division this year. I favor the Vikings over them all, but if Dalvin Cook holds out, that'll make it even more interesting to me. Yeah, and, that would that would be very interesting. So, uh, yeah, so I appreciate uh, my dad and my uncle emailing or texting. If any of you have your thoughts on the NFL divisions as we've been going through, as we're now done with five of eight, uh, send us an email to the Mays Sandwich Shop, email inbox, Mays and jraf at gmail.com, or leave a comment on one of our videos, or you know, just let Justin and me know, how do you think the teams are going to finish? And uh, we'll make sure we get that out on air for you. And uh, yeah, so a little bit of housekeeping here before we sign off this evening. There will not be a, a regular show here in this time slot um, or I should say on this show, the Joe Mays and JRAF show, uh, for a month. We're going to be off for a month. We're not gone completely, though, because next Sunday, Father's Day night, is going to be the Bulldog Hour. We have a summer update on the Wilson football program, and it's going to be a, a good one because, uh, well, everything surrounding the coronavirus and the pandemic, things are starting to ramp back up as people look ahead to the fall. The... PIAA, uh, the State Department of Health, they have released guidelines and such, and Justin and I are going to discuss that. I have an interview with one of the coaches, so we're going to be talking Wilson football next Sunday night during this time slot. Then we'll be off for two weeks around the Independence Day holiday and be back here July 12th to pick up with our 2020 NFL previews. And at that point, we'll be doing the AFC North, and we're in those final three divisions that everyone – Usually our listeners are very keen to uh, hear us talk about because we're talking about the Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, and Browns followed the next week, July 19th or around that area to talk about the NFC East Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, and Redskins followed finally by the AFC East and the Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, and Jets and our Super Bowl prediction. So yeah, we're going to be away let the things settle with the NFL. Maybe they'll come to a, uh, you know, more clarity on how the uh, preseason is going to be. It could be shrunk from four games to two. They're going to make all the teams report at the same time. They're not letting teams practice with one another. Maybe we'll know by then a month from now, you know, if we're going to ever be able to attend sporting events again. So hopefully in the next four weeks, a lot more will come into uh, focus for us. Yeah. So hopefully, Hopefully we can see good news. Um, I know there's been some, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, not been as smooth in terms of getting to those things, but people are starting to get plans together. Um, yeah, so hopefully hopefully teams and, and schools and everything can get it sorted out so that at least athletes and, and teams can, can get it together. You know, I know nobody wants to play in front of empty stadiums, but to me, if that's, if that's the necessary evil, then that's something that you just do. You know what I mean? Like, and I know that's easy for me to say, and I think the hardest place to do that would be college football. Um, but, um, you know, NFL, like we've said, the NFL with those TV deals, there is 
no way that they're not playing some games this year. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see that. Right. Um, uh, no, I, just, I didn't mean some as in like less. I just meant like they're going to be playing their games. This year. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So speaking of college football, just as we were going on air, Penn State announced they are returning to in-person instruction for the fall semester starting August 24th. And they will wrap up the in-person instruction on November 20th and yeah, that's... complete remote learning from after Thanksgiving until the end of the semester on December 18th. So that'll give people basically two months in between um, exposure on campus. They'll be done prior right. to Thanksgiving I and think, they won't return right. until mid-January. Right. I think I think the idea is a lot of schools have gone to that model. And my understanding is that they hope to, look, if we're going to bring 40,000 students up, let's keep them here for the most part. And then once they all go back to all over the country and world, we let them stay there for a little bit before returning as opposed to, you know, giving like a week off at Thanksgiving when you have kids traveling all over the place and then bringing them back again. Yeah, I and think that's the sending idea. Home so. three weeks later, so right, exactly. Yeah, so, so minimize and, that those cross uh, cross experiences, I guess. Yeah, so I mean, we're just trending more and more towards the likelihood of college football. Though, of course, you hear the stories from Alabama and Houston of players testing positive, and who knows what's going to happen if that happens during the season, and if it impacts teams and games and i just it's it's a mess i wouldn't i'm glad i'm not in charge of creating protocols and such to uh to make sure these games are played but athletic departments around the country collegiately speaking needed to happen in the nfl like justin said they're going to make it happen Uh, we see both major league baseball and nba having issues between players and owners over resumption of their seasons Baseball is essentially saying, yeah, you're playing because you agreed to that back in March. And NBA, now all of a sudden, they have a problem with it. So, yeah, it's rough, but football is definitely going to be happening, I, at least professionally. So I think I think uh, Patrick Beverly, uh, late this evening, he pretty much nailed it uh, for the NBA. He said, uh, you know, when, when LeBron says we're, we're playing, uh, we're going to play. So... You know, and that's Patrick Beverly, who is not on the Lakers, but I, I have a feeling, you know, yeah, NBA, they're, they're going to be playing. I hope, even if it's ugly, I hope baseball gets a plan together and they get their act together soon. Um, and we can just start moving forward and, and getting some of these plans rolling. Absolutely. So let's uh, hopefully uh, about a month from now when we're back on this show, we'll have more information on the return of hockey, basketball, and baseball. And uh, we'll get to talk about that as we preview the rest of the NFL season. So uh, just want to have one quick um, message from our sponsor here before I give a shout out and call it an evening. So uh, remember to... um, Visit our sponsors, May Sandwich Shop and Small Player Big Play. And here's a message from that app. Small Player Big Play app, the all sports social media app for young athletes. Live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. 
Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. All right, and we appreciate Small Player Big Play supporting us here on the Joe Mays and JRAF show. And we encourage everyone to visit smallplayerbigplay.com for more information and to download the app, the app for youth athletics via the Apple or Google app stores. All right, so a couple shout-outs from me. Happy early birthday to my cousins Brian and Jackie celebrating in the next couple of weeks. And uh, since we won't be on this show, I'll say a very early happy anniversary to my wife as we'll be celebrating on the 4th of July. So, And I'm sure there's very many other people celebrating over the next month, and I don't mean to leave you out, but it would take forever to list everyone. So just going to stick with the recent <laughs> ones. So, Justin, how about you? You got anything to add? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's everything all right well i hope uh you enjoy your time with uh your family and um look forward to talking wilson football with you next sunday and uh resuming our nfl talk in about a month all right sounds good all right so that wraps up this episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. Thanks for joining us for episode 310. Again, we'll be back in one month's time, Sunday, July 12th, for episode 311, talking about the AFC North. Have a good week, everyone, and we'll hope to see you all again real soon. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. Brought to you by May's Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your emails to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time.